Welcome to the third episode of Let's Talk About Arts Management, launched in August 2022. The podcast series is hosted by the Arts Management Program of the Neil Manila. It aims to propel conversations on interconnections, perspectives, concerns, cases, and issues across the arts management practice and the creative industries. In this episode, we sit down with film director Mark Maley and co-founders of Tavern Newtonburg, Maya Dabovil and Henry Lamy as well as Claire Thibault-Piton, the gallery manager of Rose Studio Art Gallery, and Avid Leongeren, a visual artist, director, and producer, to discuss the role of cultural exchanges in the development of Philippine and French art forms and creative economies. The discussion is co-organized by the students from the Arts Management Program of DLSCSB and Pinto Art Museum as an adjunct program of Diamond in the Rough. This episode was hosted by Arts Management students Inigo Valiagas and Alea Dijico. To formally start this event, we share with you a short video from Mr. Martin Makalintal, cultural attaché of the French Embassy in the Philippines. Mesdames and Messieurs, bonjour. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning. This year, we celebrate 75 years of France-Philippine diplomatic relations. In June 26, 1947, a treaty of amity was signed in Paris that established these diplomatic relations between France and the Philippines. But we know that cultural ties between our two countries go way beyond that. We know in particular, at least our Philippine national hero spent time, lived in Paris, and found inspiration in the political ideas of the French Revolution, which eventually fueled uh, the national movement for independence in the Philippines. So um, to celebrate this relationship, we decided to organize a show, an exhibition at the Pinto Museum that would showcase the works of Filipino artists who lived in France, French artists who live in the Philippines, and um, found inspiration in the cultures of, of each other's people. Um, this show was organized at the Pinto Museum through the generous support of uh, Dr. Hoven Kwana and uh, curated by a French-Filipino artist herself and former director of the, Nas of the Metropolitan Museum of Manila, Ms. Sandra Palomar Kwan. Um, of course, this show highlights the works of these artists who found inspiration in one another's culture. And through the coming years, we will be working hand in hand. We shall be developing more cooperation between France and the Philippines that would assure further development of uh, cultural exchanges between France and the Philippines in the cultural sector, through the arts, the visual arts, music, um, performing arts, and most of all, cinema and definitely the creative industries. So, thank you. I hope you enjoy the show. Merci beaucoup. Bonjour. Good afternoon, everyone. A warm welcome to Roundtable Discussion on Arts, Entrepreneurship, and Collaborations, an adjunct public program for Diamond in the Rough. This is co-presented by Pinto Art Museum and the Arts Management Program of the NILD. I'm Inigo Villegas, and together with me is Alea Dejico, and we will be your host for today's program. Before we go any further with today's event, my co-host, Alea, will give proper introduction about the speakers and moderators for this event. 
A pleasant afternoon to everyone. I am Alea Dihiko and I would like to welcome our moderator for today, Ms. Sandra Palomarquan, Exhibition Curator and Faculty at the Arts Management Program. And this very afternoon, we also have five guest speakers who will share with us their knowledge and expertise across the arts ecosystem. And the applied arts through a specialist, specialized master's in interactive experience at the, at the School of Images Gobelins. The establishment is a special arts center Starting off with the first guest, first, she is a recognized artist and artistic director of the Art Center Tavern, Gutenberg, based in Lyon, France. Maya, that acts as a creative hub, hosting art residences, galleries, exhibition, art studios, and even houses a bar. Today, Tavern Gutenberg's network consists of 17,000 members and over 400 participating artists. Maya is also a project director of Ognayan's artist husband, Henry Lamy in 2017. The, pro the latest project is a multidisciplinary art and dance project created in March of 2020 entitled Linea in collaboration with New York-based Filipino dancer and choreographer Elizabeth Rojas Dobrish. Let us all welcome Ms. Maya. Hi, Ms. Maya. Second is Henry Lamy, born in 1985 in Lyon, France. He's a French figurative painter. He began painting at an early age after developing a fascination for facial expressions and people who are considered as not fitting in society. His work is characterized by heavy usage of lively colors and highly creative composition, as well as inventive usage of the palette knife. He began his artistic career as a member of the artistic squad 59 Rivoli, an art residence located in Paris, France. In 2014, Henry Lamy thought of combining his two passions, capoeira, a Brazilian martial art with painting to create a new form of expression through movement and the visual arts. Capoeira combines dance, acrobatics, and music. It is a dialogue between two players, a conversation through movement. We're glad to have you, Sir Henry. Magandang umaga sa lahat. <laughs> Hello, Sir uh, Henry. morning in France. Sorry, yeah, magandang hapon. Yeah. Hapon. <laughs> Good morning. Okay, moving on, we have here. Avid Leongoren, born in 1979 in Manila. He is a veteran of the Philippine advertising scene and has also shot many music videos for angry rock bands and sweet pop stars. Avid is the founder of Rocket Sheep, a tiny indie production company. Their first film, Saving Sally, was made possible by the French CNC Fund and it took them 12 soul-crushing years to make and it went on to win the jury prize at Belgium's BIFF in Portugal's Fantas Porto and South Korea's SICAF, among several other international awards. The second film, Hayop Ka, was the first Pinoy film to be selected for the competition as the prestigious Anansi Festival in France, as well as the very first Filipino animated feature purchased by Netflix. They are currently hard at work on Shasha Zaturnas versus the Amazonistas of Planet X, which they hope to share with the universe by 2024. Let's all welcome Mr. Avid. Hello, 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 human. <laughs> hello. Hello, Sir Avid. Next is Hi. Mark Maley, born in 1967 in Manila, is an award-winning filmmaker and educator. He studied visual communications at the University of the Philippines College of Fine Arts and learned filmmaking at the Mobile Fund Film Institute, where he won several short film awards. As a French government scholar, he studied film at the ES. EC in Paris. 
he began directing TV commercials upon his return to the Philippines. His first film, Crying Ladies, won the 2003 Best Picture at the Metro Manila Film Festival and was the Philippines' official entry to the 2005 Oscar Awards. His work has been shown in different international film festivals and received positive reviews from the New York Times, the LA Times, and the Village Voice. His film, Crying Ladies, was the 2004 Philippine entry to the Academy Awards for the Best Foreign Language category while his other film, Baler, was screened at the Museum of Modern Art in New York. Thank you for being with us, Sir Mark. Thank you and welcome. Uh, I'd like to uh, give a shout out to all the Benilde students. As probably some of you might know, I was the former program chair of the film program at the De La Salle College of St. Benilde. So thank you for having me here. Welcome. Yes, it's nice having you, Sir Mark. Last but definitely not the least, of course, Claire Thibupeton is an art curator, advisor, and producer for international cooperation projects of graffiti and street art. She is a graduate of Ecole 3A, International School of Management in France, specializing in Asia and international commerce. She founded the Paris-based Rose Studio Art Gallery in 2019 to highlight the work of European and Asian artists who have participated for 10 years and after initiative in the realization of cultural project of urban art in Asia, represented in fairs such as Art Stage Singapore and Art Stage Jakarta. She recently worked with Honeycomb Arts event producer Kay Kosha, featuring street artists Greg Egg, Fiasco, and Seat Fouad, who created a 25 high mural in BGC, 25 meter high mural in BGC in cooperation with SSI. Of course, let's welcome Miss Claire. Hi. I would love to make 25 murals in BGC. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hello, Ms. Claire. Hi, Ms. Okay. Claire. Again, we would like to welcome everyone to today's event, a discussion on arts entrepreneurship and collaboration. Ms. Sandra Palomarquan, take it away. Thank you, Alaya and Inigo for the warm introductions. To our dear speakers, welcome, bonjour, to this roundtable discussion that concludes the exhibition, Diamond and Rough, at the Pinto Art Museum. Mark and Avid have joined us from Manila. One is from San Juan, the other one is from Quezon City, while Maya and Henry are calling in from Brittany and Claire from the Southwest of France. Thank you for joining us. We aim to have a candid discussion on arts entrepreneurship and collaboration Apart from the fact that the five of you were an integral part in the celebration of 75 years of diplomatic relations between the Philippines and France, you are also five creatives who work independently and direct your own ventures. Another quality that you share is that you are all for collaboration. You thrive on working together with others, and which I think is a fitting theme for this occasion. I'm particularly glad to have around this table art practitioners who work with multiple media, from the visual, the performing, film and broadcast arts. We will look into the type of support provided by French and Filipino institutions. Shall we discuss maybe a bit about funding and distribution of your artworks and films that you support? We hope to further elaborate also on industry trends and the promotion of cultural exchange and patronage for the creative industry. So to start the ball rolling, Allow me to ask each of you a few questions after we show a video clip or pictures of your recent art projects. Let's begin with Maya, who directed the art space Daven Gutenberg in Lyon 
and spearheaded its first international art residency in Manila, bringing French and Filipino artists, four from Lyon, together through workshops and community projects with street children. Allow us to show Ugnayan sa Poblacion the trailer. Maya, that's been almost, what, five years? How does it feel looking back on these uh, images? Very, you know, very and, nostalgic. nostalgic. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. Because this was an, a big yeah, for us. An important element of what you did, which was that first international art residency, are these documentaries, which were uh, filmed by Simon Dubreuil and uh, Cine de Oro, the Filipino media company, correct? Yes, yeah. so Simon Dubreuil is a very dear friend of us, um, Parisian film director, and we managed to have him on board the project. So that technically how this project um, was created is just we took a bunch of friends <laughs> and decided we would do this crazy idea to send um, a few artists from Lyon and really uh, do a connection between Manila and France. And it was basically just putting together all of our network uh, contacts, friends, and just making it happen with very, very little funding. Could you describe the working atmosphere between the filmmaker, the artists, the production team while you were shooting all of these episodes? Because not all of them were familiar with the Philippines, right? So actually, everyone was quite familiar because Simon Dubreuil had already uh, came to the Philippines. Um, okay. Henry and I uh, got married in 2016 in the Philippines, in Puerto Galera. So he was, of course, uh, present and fell in love with the Philippines. Um, so of course, when we asked him, proposed him to come back uh, with us doing this project, he was very happy to take a long break from um, Paris and come and film uh, us. He has been also um, very accustomed to working with Henry already uh, as our very good friends and each one, uh, yeah, helping the other, each other out. Uh, as for Cine de Oro, uh, Cine de Oro was actually the um, production house that uh, worked with us in the Philippines prior uh, and they filmed their wedding video. <laughs> so it's really just very intimate and people and friends knowing each other. And we just gathered everyone in Manila and it happened amazingly because everyone was such a, yeah, we was really on board and um, making this happen. And Malasimbo. Yeah, and prayer together mm. as well. Okay. So these connections actually started from that festival, the Malasimbo festival. That brought from the, people. Yeah, from the festival uh, mm. of Wotsino de Oro. Uh, and my father, and then Henry's contacts, my contacts, and all the visual artists from the Philippines that we worked with were actually already friends also. So basically, it was a big melting pot of people uh, uh, knowing each other, uh, sort of, and then really getting to know each other during uh, two months. What was the biggest challenge in organizing not only the community workshops, but the documentary? Was it particularly the fact that there was very little funding or yes. other so for the documentary the big big issue was the funding um what happened was that um to fund the program so essentially the plane tickets of the four people five people we brought in from the france we sold two artworks in france um so that paid for the the, uh, the plane tickets 
And then we had the, we were really lucky to find um, partnerships uh, in Manila that helped us uh, not have any costs. For example, Z Hostel uh, accommodated us, fed us uh, for the whole time. So that was really exceptional. So we, we really found partners that made it possible with very little um, actual money. And then for the documentary, what we need to know is that it actually took two or three extra more years than we thought to finish it. And there's only seven and not nine episodes anymore. So we had to do some uh, leveling and uh, cutbacks. And, um, and in the end, uh, so that Simon managed to, 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 to um, produce, finalize the production of the film, uh, we had to also pay with uh, personal money just to, to make it yeah, finish. So it's, it's a lot of uh, personal investments and a lot of personal investments for each of the people who participated. So Simon gave a lot of extra time, Sine did a lot also. So that was the big, uh, yeah, we, with very little funding, everyone has to really give uh, extra, extra work. <laughs> not, not paid, right? <laughs> but it's okay because it was really a passion project and, uh, and everyone was so happy to come to Manila uh, in the Philippines um, for this short amount of time and just participate in a, in a human-centered program. Uh, so that made, made it easy to work for free, basically. <laughs> so on a personal level, you are an artist, but you also manage an art space, art programs. What made you decide to spearhead indie art events? What resources are crucial to make programs like Ugnayan's Accomplishon a success? What is really crucial is passion and determination. That's for sure. And motivation. Um, it was always my dream to make a, a, a real link between France and the Philippines. I myself am French Filipina. I grew up in Manila. Uh, I went to Paris for my art studies. So I'm technically an art director, graphic designer. Um, I decided to completely change uh, my, uh, my job and we opened with Henry uh, nonprofit in Lyon at the time. And basically I, I really love multi multitasking, so I basically learned a lot of new tasks and managed to create this this uh, this hub. And it was so yeah, it was amazing to just learn a lot of new things by myself and make things happen. And that's how I yeah I transformed my my everyday job to that. <laughs> Wonderful. I think everybody in the table around is a multitasker. Isn't that what an entrepreneur is? <laughs> a multitasker. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we move on to Henry? Uh, for Henry, I'd like to uh, present uh, a trailer of Linia. Linia, which was a collaboration with New York-based Alvin Ailey star dancer Elizabeth Ross, the British.
really interesting just to talk about collaboration. Uh, both of you work together in a lot of your projects. And uh, I'm happy that it works very well. Sometimes couples don't really work well together, but you do. Uh, Henry, could you tell us what spurred you to develop this type of project with Elizabeth? How long did it take to organize all the partners? Um, how long did it take to organize the project? We first had someone, uh, one of our mutual friends, commenting on the video on Facebook saying that uh, we both should know each other and, and try to work together. We, uh, we, we met shortly after, I guess, and uh, we, we actually flew to New York to, to meet Elizabeth. And later on, funding, finding, and stuff like that, we managed to be the three of us in Manila, plus two or three extra dancers, ballet dancers from um, the company, uh, what was the name again? National Ballet. National Ballet of the Philippines. Oh. It was <laughs> like Maya asking, asked me to precise that we are not professional dancers. So we just tried to, uh, yeah, go with them, go with this, this flow, this new flow. <laughs> and opposed to usual, we decided to um choreographed this this whole show 45 minutes which we ain't normally used to this is usually a um flexible improvisation on the spot and now we had to learn something from from a to z the whole program it was awesome and like maya said like she mentioned it for the your organization of tavern gutenberg's exhibitions and programs everything usually comes from either a friend or a recommendation because we have to know when we're going to go for something that's not going to make money that at least we get along with each other you know that's very important hmm. um, I, yeah. I, i'm curious about the experience of this uh, performance because apparently the audience can walk around the space and interact with the set the costumes and dancers could you tell us how the Filipino audience responded to this modality, to this open-ended conversation from your practice of capoeira painting? Yeah, of course, I guess they're, they're shy at first because nobody really knows what he's allowed to do or not. But that's what the performance is made for, to kind of explore these boundaries and, and push them a little uh, further. Uh, we've, we've noticed, because we've already been doing the performance in uh, Japan, Australia, France, Romania, many different countries with different cultures. And we've noticed that each has his own way to get to it. Some will be more shy, some will be more extroverted. But it's always <clears throat> um, something challenging to, to, to try and get to the audience level so to, to, to sort of uh, get the best output of it. Mm, okay. I had a follow-up question about fundraising. Sorry, but uh, this is really important for a lot of the people listening to us because they're uh, arts management students. 
uh, a fundraiser was needed to make this collaboration happen. Could you walk us through the process and how you sourced the, the costs for your project? Yeah. Yeah. You want? Uh, yeah, because I basically handled that part. <laughs> Henry's the artist. I'm the more of the art manager. So that's why you're that's a perfect so pair, right? Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why. <laughs> it was actually a very, very difficult um, start of the project because, um, unfortunately, we went on board with someone we didn't know. And it was who was supposed to be doing the job that I ended up doing. So the art director, the project director, uh, finding the funds. I don't know. I don't think Henry even remembers. There was another uh, person on board. And it really, I don't know what happened. Uh, she was totally not into, I mean, it, she wasn't what we thought she was and didn't do the job at, at all. So we had to cut everything and start over. So we lost basically six months for this project. Uh, I think the overall timing was about a year uh, because of those six months. So six months in the end is quite short. Um, so we had a bad start and started all over again. And thank God, Elizabeth was is a wonderful dancer, choreographer, and we immediately had so much yeah um, empathy towards each other, and it really worked out. And she's also like Henry, very she's the artist, so I had to handle that. Um, than the, the producing part, uh, but she had uh, a lot of big network also, a lot of people she knew in New York. And that's why she had the great idea to do a funding, uh, fundraising in New York City. And she handled a lot of the organization with her husband. Uh, so yet again, it was very intimate and a lot of networking and inviting contacts you already know who would be able to donate or to buy artworks to be able to fund this project. So we always uh, did our fundings through uh, this, uh, to, through selling arts. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, basically Henry's art because uh, most of the time Henry would agree to to produce a painting and that the funding would uh, go to the project. Looking at all the videos that are available online, um, you know, Henry, I see that your uh, practice of capoeira painting somehow is so natural to the children that uh, you present it to. I think perhaps those are your best audience. They're the ones who actually just immediately get into the groove, no? True. What do you think? Yeah? Yeah, I even had a similar discussion with a friend of mine who's also a capoeirista last week. And I was telling him that um, I'm not part of the group, uh, you, you know, usually Caporista train in an association, in an academy, but it, it's a bit harder for me to respect hierarchy and, and get along with the group, being a loner myself. So um, I've noticed that when I go to the parks and train, I very often have a, a, a crowd of, of children, mostly composed, um, that, that, that come and, and ask if they if they can learn. So it's it's quite natural for me. I, I'm not really able to explain, but the former thing might have been an explanation, might have been a link. The fact that I can't really fit in a group myself uh, might have been uh, a help to create a, a new group. Anyways, um, I found this element even more striking when I first visited the Philippines, and especially in the countryside where I would go to the beach and train by myself. And 
always had a bunch of kids doing tumbling <laughs> that would come come along and train with me. So yeah, that's the source of it. Thank you very much, Maya and Henry. Uh, why? Well, you know, stay on because uh, we're going to come back to uh, to questions that all of you can answer for us. Meanwhile, let's uh, move on with Avid Leongore. I'd like to share with our audience uh, the Saving Sally official trailer. Saving Sally received support from the Aid for World Sigma Fund. How do you? Tell someone you love them. Oh God, you're growing up so fast. I have, I have something to tell you. you. You know you cannot force these things. You have to wait for the right moment. And when it comes, I... Then you tell her. Have a boyfriend. Who the fuck are you? I'm Marty. How come? These people never notice that the geeky guy is the superhero. Because no one ever looks at the geeky guy. Well, I would. I'd rather go out with a geeky guy than some boring alpha male. Me? You know, I just realized... I know nothing about you. I am actually hoping to become a comic book artist. I could use a good anchor. You interested? Busy, remember? I was doing a test run on one of my inventions. What kind of invention? It's a new way to fly. Sally's parents are complicated. It's just a bruise. Man, when she told me about that, I said, that's messed up. I just want to get away from everything. But thanks, Mart. You're one of the few good things in my life right now. I love you, Sal. What? No, um, God loves you, you know, like your mom always said. Cinema Fund is managed by the Centre National du Cinéma et de l'Image Animé, or CNC, and the Institut Français. The CNC is a public nonprofit organization whose principal responsibilities are to support, regulate, negotiate, promote, and distribute films, to cooperate with local authorities, and protect film heritage. The Institut Français is a public industrial and commercial organizations spearheaded by the Ministry of Foreign Affairs to promote French culture. Avid, you say that it, hello, you said that it took you 12 soul-crushing, I love that phrase, soul-crushing years to create Saving Sally. When did the CNC support come in and in what form or in what way did it help you finish the film? So we started the film in 2005. CNC came in around 2009, and it still took us a long while to finish the film because we were we really had no idea how to finish a film. So um, that's where ma art management would really have come in handy because we were all a bunch of artists who were really just focused on the creative aspect of making a film. So one thing that we learned from this whole experience was, you know, um, to to fix our pipeline, to learn how to manage timetables, to learn how to, um, you know, uh, make the most out of our budget, especially, you know, because um, uh, we burned through our CNC fund <laughs> like it was nothing because we didn't know how to, to use our money well. So, yeah, 
It was a very big and painful learning experience. Prior to working with your French partners, you said that you had no idea of how many rights and benefits cultural workers could and should have. In what concrete way has your experience or exposure to the French industry, creative industry changed how you value the work uh, and you, that you do and how you strive for a better local industry? Yeah, so, you know, I, I, I started like um, most Filipino artists started in which I was paid in exposure, like literally zero payment and somebody promising you that you'll get pages in a magazine or your, um, your video will be shown on TV, but with no pay. Um, you know, you, you grow up thinking that's, the, that's how you, you get work. You, you do this, this is your rite of passage. Then uh, I worked with French human beings and it's like the total opposite. Like um, I remember before it was so weird for me to experience a producer being scared of crew members because they're going to go overtime. I shoot a lot in the, uh, you know, I work in Philippine advertising and overtime is nothing. You don't, you, and, and people, a lot of crew members don't even get paid overtime. That's why, because we don't have unions. So producers are not scared. You, you know, we, a 16 hour shoot day is nothing. You can easily go to 24 hours and, and, you know, nobody blinks an eye. So, yeah. So because of that, you know, uh, I'm always very conscious of, of compensation and proper working hours for everybody that I work with. So, yeah. And also another thing that I learned like in, in, in France, um, a director by law has final cut of a film, which is like, you know, totally different with, with the way we work here in which it's the person who pays for the film that has the biggest thing. So there is a huge importance. There's a, given to um, the artist, to the creative worker. But how, how easily are you able to practice what you've learned or your experience of that here in the Philippines? Well, since I run my own studio, so yeah, we, we were always very conscious about the working hours and making sure that people get paid at the very least the minimum wage and we pay overtime, stuff like that. So. Um, it's easy to implement, but it's hard in the pocket because <laughs> we're, we're, you know, um, it's hard to do because, um, we work in an industry where people, bigger companies skip these things, you know, uh, um, the people with more money are the ones who are stingier in implementing worker, worker rights. So it's easy for me to do, but hard to do in an industry set. You get what I'm saying? Like, like okay. I can implement it within my little sphere of influence, but it, I have no way of in convincing other people to do it. So in a way, you're saying that uh, because you're your own boss, you're actually able to apply these yeah. uh, you know, rights that you wish we could be applying in a bigger school. Yeah. No? Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, on a personal level, no, I'd like to talk about your work where I find there is an element of the absurd, uh, especially when you juxtapose unrelated elements or circumstances in your film. I'm reminded of Junin Caro's Delicatessen and other films you know, did, like that. 
did you did working in France influence your animation style? Um, I've been a fan of JP uh, Jean Pierre Junet like since Emily, like a lot of kids are. Uh, yeah, so that's a major influence, and I also like the comic artists like um, uh, I'm drawing a black. I totally forgot his name, <laughs> but he's a heavy metal artist. So I I I, I like French artists and. Um, the thing that, uh, but working in France had, you know, I, I'm, I was already old when I started working with French producers, so I, I'm already fully formed in, in my influences, so, but what I did learn while doing a lot of interactions with, with French human beings in the, in the industry is um, adding focus to the non-creative aspect. Like, one of the nicest things that a French animation supervisor taught me was add a computer guy to your team. Don't be all animators. Have somebody take care of your file. So stuff like that, very pragmatic. So we, so that was one of the things I added to our team to have somebody just look over what's happening to all our computer files because we're, we're all like just naming our project files ASDF or final, 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 you know, um, so to have somebody just to sweep, clean up after us and make our work, um, you know, easy to navigate, that's something I learned from a, a French animation supervisor. So not so much creative stuff that I learned, but it's the pragmatic stuff that I learned. Oh, okay. That's good to know. <laughs> and, uh, well, it, oh, I'm sure it's, it's doing you good because uh, you will tell us later on uh, about your current projects and how that is uh, this pragmatic way of working is helping you. Uh, from uh, the absurd visuals of uh, Avid Langoran, let's go on to some comedy with Mark Mayley. I'd like to show our audience uh, an episode of uh, Camera Cafe that we included in the exhibition. Good morning, Mom. Good morning. Did you read today's memo? To improve our company's global competitiveness, we are implementing the Speak Good English campaign program for all employees for a month. Anyone caught speaking in a language or dialect other than proper English will pay a fine of one peso per word. Pero, ma'am. One peso. Three pesos. Time first, ma'am. No time first, time first. Just speak good English. Oh, is that? That is. Not so loud, you might get caught. Ano ka Pati ba naman ikaw? Ano namang masama kung magtagalog ako, no? Hindi ko ma-express ang gusto kong sabihin. Well, you can still say it in English, aren't you? Correct ka dyan. Oo, pwede mag-English, pero walang feeling, ano? I heard, I heard, that's four pesos. O yan, tinamang si Miss Joy. Nakapag-asawa na ng foreigner na natigok, pero naku, hirap pa rin sa English. Ano ba naman? Paano pa tayo? Pinaiperangan lang ka ng management. Nasaan ba si Harvey? How much na is that kaya? Alam mo, Miss Joy, sasakaling na kita. Para yung Tagalog mo, lumabas na dyan sa bunga ang amo. Alam niyo ba? 514 ang nababayaran ko ngayon. Sabi ko nga kay Ma'am Carol, mag-a-advance na lang ako ng 1,000 para bayad na ang lahat ng Tagalog ko for the day. Wow, yabang mo naman. Oh my gosh, that's a lot of money. What's it for? Gina, pag napatuloy tayo, dila natin disaster na, okay? 
But we have to be world class. Sure, it's world class. Look, oh, yeah, yeah, it's world class. Ay, you really want to know? Hmm. Alam mo, alam mo, Miss Joy. Sasampalin sana kita, pero correct yung English mo eh. Nasaan ba si Harvey? Kailangan ipotesta niya to. So I'm sure you agree with me, Harvey. Uh, yes, yes, Miss Carol. Good, I'll be seeing you then. Ah, Miss Joy, how are the collections going? 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 Gan. Oh, I mean, ma'am, it's fine. Good, I'll be back. Pati ba naman ikaw, Harvey? Please, 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 10 minutes sa English ko. Papalik pa si Miss Carol. Hindi tayo call center. You're supposed to protect our rights. Uy, English yan Alam mo naman ako, pag na-agitate nyo, napapa-English. Kailangan dumaan sa due process? Anong due process? Sa mapupuntang perang yan? We're like a Catholic school for girls. It's preposterous. Ano daw? Is there something I should know? Miss Carol, this, this... Policy? It's, it's... Unfair? Are you questioning my policy? Isak lolo. One peso. Stop! Is there something you want to say, Miss Frida? Yes, ma'am. In fact, I have a mouthful. This unprecedented policy is dubious under the Constitution of the Republic. I hereby file my official protest against this unjustifiable act of coercion by the management of these esteemed corporations. Your Honor, this is highly irregular and irrefutably unfounded and has no basis whatsoever in line with the nature and the purpose of this company. Naintindihan mo yun, Miss Joy? Ah, no, ma'am. But that's for pesos. Mark, I could see you smiling there. It still makes you laugh, no? How many years after watching this? We shot that in 2006. So, that's 16 years ago. So, wow. Wow, yeah. If I may, allow me to read your statement on how you became the director of this popular sitcom. You, you told me that it was in January of 2006 that a friend of a friend of a friend connected you to Henry Delorme, a writer and a producer from France who brought Camera Cafe to the Philippines and eventually to Asia. Being a French government scholar and speaking French helped you understand Henry in explaining the nuances and the history of this successful, successful comedy franchise. Although it was a directive to be as close as possible to the French version in terms of the scripts, characters, and art direction, the creative team composed of rock stars in the Filipino literary circles and Palanca Award winners was free to Filipinize the stories so that the humor would be something that the Filipinos can appreciate. It was then a tough sell to advertisers to sponsor a series that runs only for five minutes per episode. In the end, you ended up having the number one rated show on its time slot for seven seasons and won the best comedy series at the Asian Television Awards in Singapore that year. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Could you describe the process and the tools that helped you Filipinize the sitcom in order to retain the original flavor of the franchise? We, uh, prior to the production and the writing of the scripts, uh, they gave us copies of the episodes uh, translated to English, of course. And then the, the writers were all, were all meeting. There were certain, there's so much, uh, there's so many things in common with the French sense of humor and the Filipino sense of humor. And I guess this is the 
the Latin spirit. Uh, I I realize I watch also Spanish uh, comedy, and you you will realize uh, you will soon realize that what's funny in Spain, in probably Portugal and and in Italy and and France, are the same thing that what makes uh, many Filipinos laugh. Uh, but there are certain uh, certain uh, parts of the the scripts that were given to us. Uh, like for example, the the French uh, spirit of uh, you know sex is a normal uh, way of life. You know uh, uh, anything that would pertain to sex uh, on Philippine television would be uh, strictly uh, guided by certain certain controls. So jokes about Viagra, jokes about uh, I remember. Uh, there was one, one, uh, one of the characters in the episode who uh, loves to flirt with women uh, should not should be highlighted as uh, in in France it's it's you know it's a it's a normal thing to to, to flirt uh, with the opposite sex uh, those uh, that kind of humor might not um, or I mean casual sex for example. Uh, at least in in television, or at least with the MTRCB, the the equivalent of uh, the regulation, regulatory uh, uh, guidelines on 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 TV viewing, uh, would not allow us to have it. So uh, when we say Filipinize, so it's it's basically trying to switch it to what translates it closer to to the Philippine culture, and then I remember. Uh, this one French word, rangard. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. yeah. So, what is rangard in France or badui? What is you know feeling feeling cool but yet badui uh, in France uh, is not as badui in in the Philippines. So we we want to go further closer, but but the the humor is is already there. It's just that translating it to to what. Uh, how close it will be to the uh, Filipino equivalent. So there was, uh, I remember the 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 car of the Rangard person is the tacky uh, sports car, uh, but with large wheels and lots of uh, you know like a dice, uh, soft dice uh, on the on the rear view mirror will be the equivalent of a jeepney in the Philippines. So that's how we Filipinized it, and then. Uh, this is this is uh, ideal because it was since it's a TV show and it was difficult to find sponsors. Uh, especially, it's uh, if we're asking uh, several advertisers to a TV show uh, for a five-minute maximum TV show, they will say, you know, when 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 will my product be be featured? So if you observe in the episode, uh, you will see that there is always a cup. Of uh, Nescafe, uh, and at that time, the the country director of uh, Nestle was French, so we were so and he he's familiar with the series, so it gave us the green light uh, faster, uh, and the whole show, in fact, was uh, was bought by. So instead of selling them advertising spots in between the the shows in between commercial breaks, uh, the whole show became a five minute. TV commercial for Nestle, uh, and there were some some episodes where 
uh, if Nestle wanted to introduce an event, uh, a concert sponsored by Nestle, uh, or a new variant of Nestle, somehow we would, and this was before the, the, uh, the era of product placements that are so common now. So, and, uh, so we were able to get, uh, we were so lucky to get uh, uh, Nestle to help us in, in, uh, in the funding of the series. It's interesting what you say that at first it was by serendipity that you met Henry Delorme and uh, a lot of the work done by Henry and Maya were also thanks to friends, friends of friends. Um, you also mentioned that timeliness for projects is key and that at that moment, somebody who was head of uh, your, main, uh, your, your main supporter was French. So I guess all of the stars were in line at the time mm -hmm. that you directed this. Um, perhaps I could see in the episode we just saw also some you know, motifs in French comedy that uh, are shared, the use of parody and uh, what they call also jugmo, uh, linguistic somersaults. Sometimes these are untranslatable word, word plays. No? Yeah. Um, even even why... Camera Café is a, is a Judemo. From Camera yeah. Café is Camera Caché. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, true, true. Well, let me ask. Uh, you've studied and lived in France. Uh, how has this influenced the way you practice or create films? Super, super. Uh, it, it helped me. You know, I... I although I did attend film school in France, I already knew, uh, I mean, cinema is a universal language, but of course, uh, France is the, the birthplace of cinema. Uh, for me, the, the experience uh, of learning film uh, is not so much in the school, but it's in the, it's the, it's the whole country. Uh, it's, it's, it's something as, uh, I don't know what's the, the term, but but nakakataba ng puso. <laughs> uh, something as exciting as you will just you know be walking uh, in in a street and then uh, you realize that uh, you know there's a plaque there that uh, in the second floor of this apartment Vincent Van Gogh lived blah 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 and so on. it's just oh my god you know Vincent Van Gogh lived here uh, and then. Uh, I, I was watching a lot of French films uh, and this was the era before there were DVDs or, or even laser discs. So every time there's a French film festival uh, organized by the Alliance Francaise or the, the French embassy, I would always watch it. And then uh, one of the things that I learned uh, about about uh, art uh, from France is that you do not put anything in the frame that will not contribute to what you're trying to say. So oftentimes, especially in, uh, in, in Philippine art, uh, and I, I like, like, like Avid and Avid and I uh, uh, worked in several uh, places. Uh, we've, we've bumped into each other many times in advertising. Uh, the Filipinos, and you probably know this very well, 
and uh, have this horror vacui, you know, the, the fear of empty spaces. So every time, every time there is an empty space, you know, we have to put a flower vase or a picture frame or a statue or a table or a furniture. I mean, it's so everything becomes cluttered and uh, and 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 so uh, it's so full of everything that it 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 they it it you know the the viewer or the audience digresses from from what the artist intends to say. Uh, mm. I mean, visually, uh, mm. and that's one thing that I learned. Uh, it, it influenced me a lot, and then at the same time. Uh, the focus on character being being fo uh as a writer and as a as a filmmaker uh to write more character driven stories versus an american film or a, an american production would focus on the plot uh and even to this day when we speak with the uh with a, a filipino producer their orientation is very american so you would always talk about the plot more than the characters but in in the in the french system it's focus on the character more than the plot true true um the particular episode we watched though has a demo reel on the net with vietnamese subtitles yeah. was it the aim of the french franchise to develop productions in other asean countries it and was, what yeah. what way did uh, your particular the filipino spin-off being the first in asia contribute to this uh, when we when uh, the the first uh, camera cafe was already uh, shown in in different uh, parts of Europe uh, Europe uh, French Canada uh, uh, and I believe South America but it but they haven't gotten then a foot on the on in Asia so eventually. Uh, we when we produced it in the Philippines, it was it was the the goal was uh to to make the to make different versions of Camera Cafe, uh in first ASEAN countries and eventually, uh in in the whole of Asia. We were and the first uh well actually there were three uh three countries that adapted it easily when they saw the the filipino version they knew that it can work in their in uh, their asean country so vietnam indonesia and malaysia had their own versions of camera cafe also uh, and then i believe china had a version because i saw a chinese poster uh, of that and then eventually the the production team brought it also to myanmar uh, later on, or at least that was their their uh, pilot uh, to break yeah. into Myanmar. That's wonderful. I was looking at the comments on that uh, particular Vietnamese demo, and there were some Filipinos even, you know, uh, reacting to it years later, saying that wow, this is still funny at this time. <laughs> wonderful. Thank you, thank you, Mark. Thank you. Yeah. I see that we're joined in by uh, two friends of Avid. And uh, there's somebody that has replaced Henry and Maya, I think, in between. That's probably because Maya has to nurse uh, their daughter or son. Henry! Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah. yeah. Let's move on with Claire. We have a few photos of Claire's recent uh, project at uh, BGC. 
and uh, Claire, please help us. Uh, yeah, describe it. Wow, this is the artists at work, hard at work. No. Mm, yeah. When was <laughs> this? Wall, what yeah. month was this? This was at the almost the just before the 75 anniversary of the diplomatic relation between France and the Philippines, and uh, so we was we were the project just uh, before the the 26 June, uh, before the official date, and it was maybe the day number almost finished this uh, picture. They we take us it took us. Uh, eight days, so it was maybe day seven here. <laughs> on uh, so it's in BGC uh, on the Central Square, and the position of the the place of the mural is very important in this kind of project. And it we need a parking to put the crane, and also uh, all the painting and everything, and it and the wall of course, have to be seen by the maximum of people. This is the aim of this kind of project, you know, of graffiti street art. So it's to, to put the signature of the two artists and um, in a big place. Sorry, my English is not so good, so, so I hope you understand. It's okay. We have a few <laughs> other pictures. Could we go through the other pictures, Maya, please? This is uh, Seat and Egg showing us also a separate canvas. Yes. I think that was a fundraiser, no? Yeah, and also uh, this is in very interesting. In all my project, I try to, to, to make a cooperation project always. I, I keep on uh, this. This mural is amazing because it's a real cooperation project, which is not so easy because uh, the two artists are very uh, mature. It's uh, they already have the, their own um, uh, their own uh, style, of course. So to mix them together is complicated, on especially on a mural. And I try to make them working also on canvas and mm -hmm. uh, to show more to to show to the public the the approach of the cooperation project on uh, also on canvas to bring this canvas in um, uh, official space like uh, art gallery or museum institution. And also uh, after, it's very rare to, to see cooperation project on canvas. And I think it's, a, it's, a, it's a, too bad because um, it's, this is a real um, link and bridge, bridge of, the, of the art. And, and the idea after is, of course, uh, or someone is to sell for this, this canvas. And we will make uh, this uh, canvas uh, selling during the a big uh, gala dinner for auction. And to all the money go to help the children of uh, association for in Philippines to help the children. Okay. Voilà. So see, we can see, see on on the right it's egg fiasco and on the left, uh, left. contrary here <laughs> egg fiasco. So Filipino artist and very well known uh, master master artist. And we have also city French uh, master artist, but very international and he knows very well Asia also. 
because he used to work a lot um, with Amanda Wei Art Gallery in Hong Kong. And he works a lot in uh, Shenzhen. He created a, a foundation in, in Shenzhen to help artists, young artists. So it was great to use these two um, masters and to put them together to, to give hope for the young and also um, behind to, uh, to give energy, you know, for, for the art scene, graffiti street art scene. We have another picture of them, I think, close up, the next one. Yes, so there we see egg on the left side and seat on the right side. Yeah. And then the next photo, I think, has the sponsors. These are executives of SSI with the ambassador of France in front of yes. the mural. Yeah. And the um, it, it's, this photo it makes me very funny because uh, when I propose a project at the beginning, uh, of course, it's very it's pushing the line eh? when you you speak about graffiti street art on the wall, especially on a official big uh, beautiful building, and uh, everybody is very scared. So it was difficult to get the authorization at the beginning, and uh, and even few days before, of course, we need different authorization of the area, of the police, of the streets, everything, and of the owner of the building. And they, they didn't say yes at the beginning. And three days before, finally, uh, I explained that it's not graffiti, it's just art. It's art to, to bring a piece of art on the wall. So it changed completely the attitude of the, of the people. And uh, this photo is very makes me very funny because at the end of the of the artwork of the wall, uh, the the people uh, came. Of all these people, we can see on the photo, uh, said uh, we need to make an official official. Uh, say. Uh, um, official. Official. Photo, uh, yeah, official photo uh, to yeah, and uh, and the people say, but why don't you do it on the opposite of the wall of the building, where the people are much more, uh, we can see much more the building, and we need to to do all the building with graffiti street art. So um, at the end of the artwork, people push me to to continue and to make to make much more. But at the beginning, it was the contrary. It was, uh, no, no, we don't want graffiti on the wall. And uh, so, voilà. So the, my idea is always to push um, the, uh, the patient and the, the love of the art to push the public in, uh, in this kind of colors or of uh, artworks. We have a funny photo, a selfie, I think, taken by was it? Oh no, this is the so, you are on the left, uh, right side, correct? Yeah. So this, this, so the the French ambassador we can see on the middle in the middle. Uh, she proposed to make um, an offi official. Uh, I cannot find the words anyway to make it official and so we we had a, usually we don't do this kind of things you know it's uh, it's complicated for me to to promote artists 
Uh, and thanks to French ambassador, we uh, succeed to make uh, this more open to the public and to the to make it more official to the institution. Uh, we can we can see the two artists, and also uh, on the left side we can see Kayo Kozio Kayo, who was my uh, our, we worked together very close uh, as executive producer of the wall because uh, the wall was not only one project, the, the whole project was to present the artworks of the, these two artists in the uh, art gallery with Villina on vinyl, uh, with Gabriel de la Merced, and, uh, and also to, to, make, to bring the people inside the gallery to, to, official, to make official the artworks, graffiti street art, uh, we need to show the artworks to the wall public. And uh, that's why we make this uh, fresque on the wall. And I cannot do this project, especially in Philippines, where I, I'm new in Philippines. I've made this kind of project in many countries in, uh, in Asia, and especially in Indonesia, where I've made it for almost uh, more than 10 uh, big walls. And, uh, but in Philippines, it was also after the pandemic. So it's complicated to meet the people. I knew Egg Fiasco, so I know more the artists, but thanks to Kayo, I was very lucky to, to, to work together. And we have to, how to say, uh, to work very in trust. This kind of projects need trust and, uh, and love. And we, thanks to him, uh, we we make this this first project, but not the last one. We will make uh, in October another one with this time four French and four um, Filipino artists to make a collaboration or only a fresque like a name card on different building. Okay, next, um, next project. <laughs> that's good. On on. On a personal note, could I ask, what was the reason for your interest in studying Asia and international commerce at the uh, Ecole 3A? Was this a specialization? Because of literature. Because of literature, because at the beginning I, I read books about okay. Asia and uh, I fall in love with Asia through books. And, okay. um, and first of all, I decide to learn Chinese language and uh, after two years at Bordeaux University in France, and after these uh, two years, I went to Kunming, Yunnan province in 1980, 84, 85, until 89, so three more years. And uh, I study minority, their life, and uh, minority at the Minority Institute. And I realized that there is not so big difference between Asia and Europe and French and uh, Chinese or minorities people with uh, French people, we were laughing about the same, um, same things. So uh, the, the 15 hours of the jet lag of the plane, but uh, the civilization, the culture, especially the minority in Yunnan province in 1987, 88, 89, I was 22 years old. There was no handphone, no nothing. And, uh, and to, to see that uh, even far away in the mountain, uh, we can having uh, love, uh, fun and, um, 
and share the same uh, crazy things. And it, it gives me uh, like, um, I like human, I like uh, people. So it, this kind of, of sharing uh, show me that uh, we have to, to tell the people that don't be afraid and, um, and just uh, uh, share your patient with others, others uh, community. And this is the most important. Voilà. That's why I, I, I start to key inside the China and uh, Asia patient. So from Asian literature, how did you come all the way to urban art, supporting urban art? And how do you find the balance between uh, representing it in a gallery and in public spaces? Yeah, um, I, I'm because of also family. I'm the my grand uncle uh, was a student of Fernand Léger, and since I'm little, I was very close from uh, um, uh, art. And each time I went to see uh, this, uh, and he bring me in, in museum Le Louvre when I was 12 years old, not before, and uh, in different museum. And at this time. I've, I didn't understand his painting. I didn't like it. And uh, I growing up and more and more, I, I changed my approach and I start to, to love what he's, he was doing. And I love his, uh, his painting. But I saw this, this uh, very old, become old man. Uh, he passed away, he was 80, 88. And uh, I realized that uh, uh, it's very easy to be, uh, it's difficult, it's good to, you can be a, a very good artist, but uh, if you don't have the, the link and uh, if you don't work in the new world, you, nobody will understand your work and, uh, and uh, it gives me conscious that, um, uh, that art is not necessary uh, also always studies and I need, I like people like minorities in China and the contact of the things, but also uh, it's difficult to uh, key inside museum for many people and to understand uh, the different current of arts. So <laughs> it's very complicated, but this is how I went to graffiti street art because for me, it's the most easier uh way first it, it speak to me very easy uh and i think claire has been put on hold for a while but i can see that uh, a few of our audience members have been posting their questions until such time that claire is back with us perhaps i can ask oh there claire yeah oh Oh, sorry, you were cut off for a while, but that's fine. We have a few questions coming in from the audience. Perhaps the first one will be to you. Um, okay. uh, but should I ask our, uh, our hosts if we can now move forward to the question and answer portion? Okay, hello. Yes. Yes, okay, we're back. Okay, so wow, honestly, I'm in awe hearing all the information from the roundtable discussion. I think the greatest takeaway personally is that arts management really does do its work, you know, 
Like it's really needed in everything these artists do. So yeah, how about you guys? What do you think of the things they talked about? I agree with you, Inigo. Guys, let us know your thoughts, insights, and your questions regarding our roundtable discussion. Or if you wish to direct your questions to one of our guest speakers. Okay, so the floor is now open for question and answer. So you can shoot your questions in the chat box below. Well, already there's a question about the artwork that is supposed to be auctioned off, Claire. When and where? Or has it already been auctioned off? Alors, the, the auction will be during the gala dinner that the uh, Chambre of Commerce of French, uh, la, Ch la Chambre de Commerce, French, French Chamber of Commerce will uh, host in uh, Raffles Hotel, I think. And it will be in October. Uh, sorry, I cannot tell you the exact days. It will be middle of October. And during this gala dinner, we, we will um, present the and the story of this artwork and it will be auctioned during the gala dinner. Okay, thank you. There are a few people who are very curious with Avid's friends. Avid, I've seen that you've had a dog, a cat, and two companions. What are their names? This is Larry. And Hi, Larry. <laughs> that was not a cat. That was a small dog named Mimi. Oh, I'll hang okay. around my office because it's air conditioned and it's warm outside right now. So <laughs> wonderful. We have a question from Mr. Andres. I've always wanted to be part of the art industry and want to make it a career. However, obligations come in. So 15 years later, I'm still working in a corporate setting because it pays the bills. Any advice how to start and not worry about money? Is it really true that if you do your passion, the money comes later? Can I answer that? <laughs> Go, Avid. <laughs> no. <laughs> Doing your passion does yes. not... <laughs> Doing your passion does not guarantee Please. money. Okay. Yeah, so I think you're you're doing the right thing of, you know, um, especially here in the Philippines where we don't have a lot of options. So paying the bills is important, especially if you are young and you, your parents need help. So do that. And but also just do art on the side and figure out how to make money from it. Because I've been producing films for nearly two decades now, and I still don't know how to make money out of what we're doing. So yeah, <laughs> make sure to, you know, um, I have no idea how to make money, really. Like, if it weren't for commercial projects, I'd, I'd, I'd go hungry. So, yeah. <laughs> Henry, you have a different opinion about um, that question. Yeah, can you, you rephrase the question, the question again, please? Well, the question asks, is passion enough to actually... Uh, work in the arts and uh, money will always come later to me it was more the, the question was not exactly um, asked in those terms in the sense that um, I know that it's mandatory to make money in order to, to, to eat and live have a house etc but I was I was actually ready to lose all that if it wasn't for my art meaning I was okay being a homeless um, 
once I saw that I was really bad at doing everything aside art. Like I was, I studied for seven years. Of, you're going to tell me, of course, you're lucky to study those seven years that your parents uh, paid for your studies. So yeah, I was. But I was, I was not being successful and I've been doing internships and a lot of uh, side jobs in which I always had trouble coping with the hierarchy and boxes and everything. And Doggy agrees. Yeah, so um, only once I found out that being so, so bad is, and so ineffective on other fields of activity that I decided I'm only going to give my time to, to my passion. And like David said, in a way, uh, well, I've, I've managed to find a way to make money, which mostly is hanging out, hanging out with rich people and selling them portraits. <laughs> Um, I've, I've admitted this being part of my uh, activity, which I actually enjoy pretty much. So yeah, there, I guess two, two ways. Either you decide to, to be on your own and do something super specific and even so much to the point that nobody will really understand you, or you decide to be your own uh, pillar and your own your, your own commercial that's going to see different places and meet different people and be your own advocate the one that's going to highlight your your own projects to the world and trying to convince them continuously why they're the best yeah i i understand mr andres that our speakers believe that uh, yes we should be pragmatic and uh, have the funds to be able to support our passion. So I think that's how Henry and Maya have been able to put together projects, uh, not, you know, not regularly because time flies in between projects, but uh, a lot of the funding was personal money to begin with. And then later on, as you said, you know, if you hang out with enough, rich enough people who will buy their portraits from you, then you will find that money eventually. Um, Okay, I hope we've answered that question. Um, another question is uh, related to one very general one I wanted to ask all of you. If you have any projects lined up that continue your ties with the Philippines or France or with artists who are currently residing out of the country, could you tell us more about it? Avid, go. I know you're, talk you're working still, you're on mute. You could tell us a little bit about your current film. Yeah, so I'm working on the, the adaptation of this Filipino graphic novel, um, Jaja de Torna. Um, it's co-produced by a French um, studio called Ghost City. And we are in year, I've lost the number of years we've been in production. But yeah, um, and we're currently, um, it's an international co-production. We have a French, uh, we have a, a, um, a British sales agent and um, we're currently looking into um, bringing in more foreign money and it's also supported by our government. We got a grant from the Film Development Council of the Philippines. So yeah, so that's what we're working on. It's an animated film adaptation of the Zsa Zsa graphic novel. How about you, Mark? I have a, a project right now uh, in partnership with a French, uh, with a French team 
but it does not have anything to do with film at all. It's about service design. Uh, so we're we're getting consultants for a service design uh, for the Bangsamoro Autonomous Region of Mind uh, uh, Muslim Mindanao. Uh, uh, co-sponsored by the United Nations Development Program. Uh, and it's just so happened that the, 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 the team helping us are, are live in France. So it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't really have anything to do with, with being French or, or, or the French government. Uh, it just so happened that uh, the, 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 the service designers are, are from France and right now we're we're actually doing uh, several projects uh, in Davao, consulting for in the creation of e-government services. Lion, this has nothing to do with film, uh, but it's about it's about human-centered design. Uh, yeah. How do we make uh, government services serve the Filipinos better? Uh, and in fact, it's a bet. It's 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 slowly becoming the model that hopefully uh, Manila, the, the national government, would, would follow uh, later on. Okay. And Claire, do you think you have uh, projects uh, with uh, galleries like Vinyl and Vinyl in the future? Yes, or yes, mm -hmm. yes. And also, um, the idea is to continue, of course, with the next project in October with uh, Vinyl and Vinyl. Um, and to uh, also with uh, the idea is to make the reciprocity uh, in France and to invite the um, locals artists, Filipino artists in France in an art gallery, because uh, cross culture is so important and also uh, it's not so obvious to to present uh, the uh, Filipino artist for French people. So we we really need to make uh, this cross project in, uh, in the in kind of reciprocity. So we'll do this also in the art gallery in Paris and uh, try to make a, a, a tour or a tour in France with, with my different partners in France and to invite the one artist. So it might be a fiasco again. Uh, but behind also other artists, I hope. Mm, thank you. Uh, is Henry and Maya still in the room? I don't seem to see them. Hello, Henry. They've probably been cut off. Uh, we could move on to the next question from an arts management faculty. When doing collaboration, what are the important things to note or to take into consideration? What were the problems you encountered in doing collaborations? I remember Maya earlier on, she said that uh, they started working with somebody they didn't know. Then the, somehow their project was uh, put six months uh, backward because of uh, that. Uh, perhaps that's one of the things that you can encounter in collaboration, that uh, having to work with many people, you can probably expect one or two people will somehow just disappear along the way. And how about for you, uh, Mark? Or Ever, uh, Abby? If, yeah, if I may add, from based on my experience, uh, it uh, like why Maya mentioned, it's actually finding the right partner. And it, the right partner did not necessarily be the one with the most money. Uh, in mm -hmm. fact, uh, you have to be careful. Sometimes the person with the most money will be the one who would, uh, you know, push his 
wait around uh, that you are not able to move forward. Uh, so it's like it's like finding a nice uh, a date or a boyfriend or a spouse. Uh, you know, you have you have to you have to have the chemistry uh, and 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 also the balance because uh, I I I have uh, been in partnership, especially in in film production, where both. Oh, Yeah, Henry. <laughs> so anyway, Sorry. that's the that's the that's the that's the the idea. It's it's you know finding the right uh, finding the right uh, chemistry with your partner. Uh, it, it, you cannot be both creative. So one has to be well, for lack of a better description, a right brain and a left brain. Uh, so I guess that's asking too much, but that's that's what you really need to for especially for an arts uh project for uh, for uh, for a collaboration on, on in the arts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great, great. That's true. Which is actually what you had to deal with, Claire, when you had to put two artists together in one canvas. You had to find the right mix or the best balance between the two of them. If if, if I may add also. <laughs> I have several uh, arguments and debates with my French producers, but those are very, very, you know, uh, intense uh, arguments. Uh, 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 but at the same time, you know, you, you after you've you've discussed it, uh, the great thing is you you agree on something and you and then you move forward. Uh, Well, as I was so surprised because we also had several French partners in our in in our production. Uh, but the the bigger uh, disagreement and the bigger lack of chemistry were in fact between the French uh, rather than the Filipino and 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 the the French. So so yeah, I, it's I guess it's it's uh it's also finding the you know you could you could agree to disagree, but at the same time have a creative debate. As you probably know, the French they love the, to debate just because they want to know how what are you thinking. So for Filipinos, you might not you might feel offended by that, but but uh, it, it took me some time to understand. Oh, you know, they just want to find out. Uh, so they, it looks like they're they try to push you to, uh, to argue with you, but uh, but it's actually something. Productive. Follow-up question for you, Mark. Are there any organizations or groups uh, that young Filipino filmmakers can talk to if they opt to study or continue masters in film abroad? Uh, you know, the, uh, I would encourage them to study in France. Of course, uh, there is a campus France. Uh, there are scholarships also, but there are there is a, a film school, uh, fr- several film schools uh, in France. You have to. Uh, Uh, search it at campusfrance.org and compared to my time where everything was in French this uh, filmmaking uh, studies uh, are in English so they wanted to make right now they wanted to uh, the, the French educational system wanted to make France uh, the hub of of learning in the whole Europe so it's not uh, unlike before everything has in, in French there are several film schools now uh, in, so Campus France is something that they want to check the webs campusfrance.org or campusfrance.fr uh, oh. is something that they are. and of course there's the Film Development Council in the Philippines uh, but for higher studies I mean it's it's just being just going to Europe Uh, alone is uh, uh, I mean to immerse yourself with culture but studying film uh, check out uh, Campus France 
for Avid, how integral is the film industry today, especially about the ongoing history-based films? What can filmmakers and film in general offer not only to artists but to everyone as a means of education and information? Um, can I can I go back to the earlier question because I, I just want to add something really important about collaboration. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. One very important thing about collaboration and anything about working with anyone that involves money is be sure to have a contract and do not keep on always have a lawyer on your side because a lot of people are afraid of, of how much it would cost to have a lawyer look over a contract. But anything, do not sign anything without having a lawyer look at it because um, mm. it's going uh, to bite you in the ass later on if it's something that a lawyer did not look at. So get a lawyer and fight for um, the Philippines as the governing law that will, the, uh, the Philippines as where you will fight in case you need to fight because it's going to be expensive to fight in France or anywhere else. So um, you could always have that. And, and that's okay with Europeans because they know that it's cheaper, things are cheaper here in the Philippines anyway. So use the, the country in your contract. The, the governing law will be that of the Philippines. So that you could all, if any problem arises you can you can have your legal recourse in our country using filipino lawyers so and yeah so just make sure that and before any money or any labor is is incurred have a have a contract and hash out that contract before you do anything else because it's going to protect you later on and it's going to be an important thing when you start arguing because all projects will always have a point where you all argue about something and your contract will be what will be the solid thing that you will be standing on so that's because collaboration you know it's messy it's people and people are messy so have a document that stipulates what what you want and what you expect out of the whole thing. And um, regarding, yeah. You seem like you know what you're talking about. You're so excited. You must have gotten in, in trouble with a few of your partners before. No? Yes. <laughs> I have been burned many times. So that's the most important thing I want young people to know that, you know, like as an artist, I hate reading contracts, you know? So the legalese alone is, is it, but, you know, but, Having a good contract protects you later on. So okay. find a lawyer uh, to, you know, to, to look over. I agree, I agree with you, Avid. I think it's the key of the success of the project. And it's very important also because even if you do cooperation, you think it's everything is easy and, uh, okay, you discuss together and when you agree, you, you just go. This is one point. But the second point is also, or the first point, is to do agreement and contract between uh, the different parts. And thanks to these, people keep their line. And this is a success of the project. Talking about, oh, Miss Claire, uh, somebody is asking, uh, he'd like to know if you protect the artworks that you deal with from being forged. Have you encountered this problem of forgery in France or in the Philippines? Sorry, I didn't understand the question. <laughs> can, um, you can you repeat the question? Have you encountered any problem with art forgery in France and the Philippines? How do you protect your the artworks that you represent from being forged? Um, copied. How do I protect the, the... I don't understand. How do I protect the... The artworks from being copied. 
or misused, misrepresented. Because a lot of the artworks are usually on social media. And perhaps yeah. somebody's work can be used uh, without permission. Ah, yes. Um, all right. Usually the artists are so uh, very good in social media. So I have, thanks to the artists, they are too careful to their own artworks. That's the first point. Um, re regarding myself, um, uh, you think about copy, copy of the artworks. Mm -hmm. uh, it happened to us once, uh, some, it was in Thailand, and uh, uh, they, uh, a lady made copy of the, all the artworks and make business with the artworks of, uh, of the artist, but uh, it can go very far. Uh, you know, the graffiti street art, uh, it's, uh, we cannot make, we can make copy of Banksy, for example, but uh, uh, it's complicated. Of course, it's uh, artworks in the street uh, for in the fresque. For example, um, uh, city is doing chicken, so everybody can draw chicken and make copy of the chicken house of the chicken. But uh, uh, how can I protect this? Uh, well, there is law, of course. It's complicated. <laughs> it's this is complicated. Yes, there is contract anyway, um, contract with artists. Everything is very, um, you know, art is more and more official and very square. Uh, it can be, for example, uh, in Manila, we make a big pro uh, project in Taguig area. Uh, we, thanks to Barangay Taguig. So we work with uh, young adults to teach them how to do graffiti street art. So city make a lot of chicken and explain how to use your spray cans and how to make draw and everything. These young people can also after make their own chicken and because the artists teach them and uh, sign city, for example. I don't give you the idea, but uh, uh, but it can. But it's not going so far. It cannot, you know, very quick. The artist will react, and more. Um, oh, I and, I don't understand. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we've uh, reached the end of our uh, time for questions and answers. The question and answer portion. I'd like to thank you all five for joining us again. And uh, I'll leave uh, our hosts to move on to the next part of the program. Okay, thank you, Ms. Sandra. Thank you very much. Yeah, so we'd like to thank our speakers, Ms. Maya, so, uh, Mr. Henry, Mr. Avid, Mr. Mark, and Ms. Claire again for a lively panel and discussion. So we hope that most of our questions have been answered as well. And now we'd like to call on our Arts Management Program Chair, Sir Aline Camiling. Thank you very much for being with us today for all the attendees on Zoom, Facebook pages. Uh, Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. From ASEAN Digital Ambassadors on board, uh, Mr. Juan Shaharuzaman from Malaysia, Ms. Akila Ali from Brunei, and our viewers from France and all over the world, as well as Dr. Haven Kwanang of Pinto Art Museum. I'd like to thank our speakers who have devoted their time despite their laborious schedules. Mark, Maya, Henry, uh, Avid, and Claire. And of course, to my colleague, Sandra Palomar Kwan, as today's moderator and uh, exhibition curator. Congratulations to all the team. 
On behalf of the Arts Management Program, uh, we're inviting you to join us for the launch of the program's Spotify channel this month. We can't wait to share with you further materials, adjunct to Diamond in the Rough, specifically an interview with Henry Etive, a workshop with Gerardo Jimenez, a guided arboretum tour with Ronald Chacoso, and this roundtable discussion on arts entrepreneurship and collaborations will also be available. Moving forward, the podcast channel introduces conversations on interconnections between arts and cultural management practice, contemporary art and culture, and the creative industry's ecosystem, including issues, perspectives, and cases. So stay tuned through our pages. I, ho- I hope you can extend the same support to the Arts Management Program of Benilde and Pinto Art Museum continuously. Uh, thank you very much, everyone. We've come to the end of the program, and I'd like to thank the panelists on behalf of the event for the lively and informative discussion. Again, we would like to thank our moderator, Ms. Sandra Kwan, as well as the speakers, for joining us today in this roundtable discussions. This discussion is organized by the Arts Management Students of De La Salle College of St. Benilde and Pinto Art Museum as an adjunct program of Diamond in the Rough. And as we conclude today's webinar, we would also like to thank our guests for the webinar. Thank you for tuning in with us in this episode. We look forward to listening with you in the next ones. Let's Talk About Arts Management is a podcast series launched by the Arts Management Program of the De La Salle College of St. Benilde, Manila, Philippines, School of Arts, Culture, and Performance. Through its arts education and community outreach class in August 2022, it aims to propel conversations on interconnections, perspectives, concerns, cases, and issues across arts management practice in the creative industry. Follow us to have front row seats to our next episodes.